You're hearing Nocturne by Chopin. I added extra flat There are so many Sorry. notes. I'm sorry about the extra, the sharps. Uh, I did Is not mean. Uh, the title is called Nocturne by. There's no author on here. In fact, uh, this might have been a uh, ghostwriter, as they say in the biz. Well, let me do a. Hold on. Okay. Are we going to look this up? Nocturne. That's probably going to return a lot of results. It is, but I think it is by Chopin. I'm sorry, Chopin. Chopin. So a lot of times, Bree, welcome to Above the Fold Podcast. I feel like we should edit some of that out. That was a long pause. We, we'll just jump right in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we'll edit it some of them, too. Welcome to Above the Fold Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Bree. Uh, we were just playing a piano piece, and Bree was looking up the author of it. And I, I knew that it was Chopin, but I then the music didn't say, so I just wanted to check. A lot of times, Bree, most actually every time, Bree says Chopin instead of Chopin. And what's the story behind that when you tell people that, Bree? Um, that movie with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. The Paris one or the America one? One time America. they go to Paris. Okay. Well, that's the Lindsay Lohan one. Oh wait, I okay. And uh, I think that's the movie, right? I don't know. It Takes Two, or The Parent Trap first version. Yeah. And she's playing a song, and or she's playing the piano, and then she says Chopin, because she she has no idea okay. how to pronounce the name Chopin. correctly. Okay. Is there it's, a movie called Au Pair? With, uh, is, is it called, or is there one called? I'm sure there's one. Let me see. I think it was a Disney Channel movie. Au pair, the movie, which means... No, it's, it's called It Takes Two. Okay. I just, I've looked it up now. Okay. Well, we've just discussed several pop culture things. Right. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about how much does a website cost anyway? Because everyone wants to know all the time. Right. As a web developer, people ask me, how much does a website cost? And I can't really answer directly because it's tough to say. So, and in my position of leadership, I have the same problem. Whoa, goodness. So we're going to answer that question and all of your other questions later today on the podcast. But first, this is the 007 episode. 007. That's right. That's Mission Impossible. That's right. Um, so how do you feel about being two sevens in? I feel good about it. Uh, seven is probably one of my more favorite numbers. It's the month I was born. And in a different month, it's the day I was born. You have a very lucky birthday. So, catch 22. Catch 22. Um, what, would, what did I see we should talk about? Oh, the last time we broke something. Uh, Brie was talking about how she's just breaking everything recently. And that was a metaphor for something I don't know. But I've just yeah. been, as I was getting everything set up today, I was just, everything was falling. Yeah. Free um, falling. And then I told a story about a pen 
This pesky old pen. I was in an interview with somebody, and you know, you want to take down notes sometimes about the person during the interview. And um, in this instance, the pen kept, uh, you know, a pen, you can take apart a pen. Yeah, a pen is something you write with, and um, uh, you click it usually. Oftentimes, yeah, and then it'll have ink inside, yeah. a, little, a little tube inside the pen, and then a spring. Well, all of those parts, the cap, the spring, the da-da-da-da-da, all came apart, and not only did they come off, they exploded off because of the spring. That's its mm -hmm. job. Spring-loaded. Spring-loaded uh, pen. Mm -hmm. And it, like, flew all over the table, and I was, like, collecting these pen parts and putting it, trying to assemble the pen so I could take notes. And then it happened again as I was writing, and it was so embarrassing. And then I just gave up and just put my hand on my chin like I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And I said, hmm, okay. <laughs> so that's the story that we're starting out this podcast with. Hope you liked it. All right, moving on. So you went to a concert recently and you uh, met some of the, the men. The men. <laughs> uh, I went, yeah, I went to uh, the Florida Georgia Line, an up-and-coming small country artist group focusing mainly on uh, folk bluegrass music. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, they, uh, they sing some songs. Mm -hmm. My, I have a friend. Uh, he is named Marcus. He is, uh, I call him my Indian friend Marcus. Does he listen to this podcast? He does not yet, and I don't know if he actually will, because uh, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a thing you have to look up on the internet and find, so. But yeah. someday he will hear this and will hear, hey, Marcus, how's it going? And he'll say, pretty good. Uh, anyway, he lives up in northwest Iowa. We went to this thing called Creek Fest, which is like a huge concert out in the middle of a field. Um, very country music festival-y, as you can imagine. And um, Florida Georgia Line was the headliner, and uh, it was really cool. I'm not that big of a country music fan, but the... Oh, no way. What? <laughs> I know. I drove up here in my truck, and I brought in a banjo, and you would think that I'm a pretty big country music like fan. I feel like my dad has asked you if you like country music like and 10 mom, times. Yeah. <laughs> So Josh, you, you, uh, like you like country, country music? music? Yeah, that's me. Uh, but I do like the Florida Georgia Line music. It was I tapped my toe several times. There were probably fifteen thousand people there. Uh, it took like three hours to get back home afterward because they only rented like fifteen shuttle buses back to the the nearest town. Uh, really poor planning on that area, but it was fun seeing my, my good old friend Marcus and hanging out. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you do last weekend? That was a week ago. All right. Um, that would be about seven days, folks at home. I um, saw a movie. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, it was good. Chris Pratt is in it, mm -hmm. and he's a funny guy. And uh, I thought the movie, it's a superhero movie, but it do also... Do you usually like it was, superhero movies? I do, I okay. do. And you, they're usually not... Um, you know, they're not super funny, per se, so this one actually had some good little comments in there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kevin Bacon, and um, so I liked that. Uh, I also went to the Iowa State Fair. 
Okay. Because that's happening, and today is the last day. There is some cell phone noises. Well, I put it on on quiet, and right. then I open it up just so I can take a picture for our internet. Uh-huh. That's yeah. my that's my nephew. He just wagged his tongue. I'm sorry. Please go on. Um, Iowa State Fair. <laughs> How was the fair? It was just fine. Just fine? Yeah. Nice. Um, you, I pretty much went there to eat some food and then uh, and stood in line a lot and then, uh, you know, walked around. Oh, saw the horses. Oh, what did you think of the horses this year? I've I always, you know. They're doing, you know, the first thing I usually ask is, how are you doing? Are they feeding you? <laughs> <laughs> and did they say... <laughs> Something like that, okay. yeah. That's pretty much what they do. Um, so anyway, Iowa State Fair is a good time, and if you are from around here, you probably heard of it, and you're probably sick of hearing it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Today is the last day, I think. I meant to go, but I just mm-hmm. did not get around to it. Mm-hmm. So there's always next year. Literally, That's what they say in about a year there will be another fair that I can go to. If I want to. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. Okay. So um, Josh is, I don't know what he's doing. He's tweeting. Trying to tweet a photo. Multitasking. Part of something that makes our generation stand out in a job interview. <laughs> uh, yeah. So check it out right now on the Twitter. Follow podcast underscore ATF. We just tweeted a photo. Plug. Plug. Um, let's do a segment. Okay, so the first segment we're going to do today, I was thinking we could call it, What Are You Wearing? Or, What Are You Wearing? Right, so there's two ways you can say that. Yep, and it means different things. Okay, so Josh, what are you wearing? Well, I am wearing a blue shirt, and it says Madden. Uh, classic resort. Classic. Thank you. I can't read upside down. Minnesota. So this shirt I got one time when I went to a family vacation in Minnesota at Madden's Resort. For those of you who've been to Madden's Resort, please raise your hand. Okay, a few of you. Um, though it's a nice place. It's got a lake, and you can go out and swim, and you can ride a boat, and there's a little jungle gym in the water. It's pretty neat. Uh, and they have food there. So, uh, and I also got a shirt there, and now I wear this shirt maybe once a week, so just because it's a nice little blue shirt. And I'm wearing some checkered blue pants. I've worn them for a few days now, as Bree noticed. Um, they're just really comfortable, mm-hmm. and it's a nice variation from the khaki short uh, realm. No socks on today, no shoes, uh, just sandals. The same sandals that... Uh, you were wearing last week when I complained about them, mm-hmm. and you can see how. Are you still? How do you feel about them I, today? I'm filled with angst every time I put them on. I'm like, God, I wish I had a nice pair of sandals. So I don't know how we can find a solution for that. Yeah, I just have to go barefoot. Mm-hmm. So, Bree, what are you wearing today? I really dressed up. Oh, okay. Saucy. Um, wearing a, a navy blue t-shirt in orange letters, it says Cuse. 
and that's shortened version for Syracuse. That's where mm. I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. It's in the state of New York. New York. The city is Syracuse. Okay. So Syracuse University in Syracuse, New York. United States. United States of America. The world. The, the world. I like the shirt. I couldn't couldn't see the E at the end of Q's because it starts with an apostrophe. Yeah. And I was thinking it said cusp or cuss and so, neither of those yeah. things. So Exactly. Um, what what the, about, you know? Yeah. I, so I, I was just going to say that's where I went to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years ago. Okay. Um, and my shorts are athletic shorts, and they are a blue combination pattern. I don't even know how to describe it. But it's like the transformer. Nike is shorts. the brand. Nike, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Nike. That ends the segment we like to call What, what Are, are You, you Wearing? wearing? by Bree and Josh. Okay. Next up. We got to take a break. Yeah. That's how the this usually goes. Mm-hmm. Got to okay. pay the bills. So, so break, break time. time. This episode of Above the Fold podcast is brought to you by the new Lore Mipsum expansion pack. Here's a sneak peek exclusive for our listeners. Toonflurg by Gerard Edelbert-Sitverium. Hello? Drizit Vain-Chenik-Nivirium. Plus, Europa, if we all we read the chask, crepes log, boiled wask middle, opera, jip, cilio. Moist sweet, esper, crazy cat. Get this expansion back in February 2015. Welcome back to Above the Fold podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Bree. Okay, hi, Bree. Hi. Have you ever heard of Snapchat? Yes. Is that what all the kids are using these days? It's what they call quick photo plus tiny bit of text messaging. Now, isn't that what the kids are using to send the uh, the yes nude it photos? Is, yes. Okay. It's well, the primary way to send the naked pictures. Okay. Well, how would this even be a possible topic of discussion? I don't know. Um. But let's let's swerve people away from that because okay. I don't know anybody uh, personally that uses it for that reason. But I I know that there are some out there. Mm-hmm. So um, there are other ways that you can use Snapchat, and that is just for general fun time communication anytime for your fun time. Right. Uh, like Bree said, you just take a pic. And the, the the unique thing about Snapchat is that it is attached to a, a photo. Yeah, so, or a video. Or a video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you are, I mean, you attach a photo and you have the option of writing text on it or you can draw mm-hmm. or you can t- swipe in the time or whatever. And then you send it and then that person has up to 10 seconds to watch it and then it disappears forever. That's right. Now, does it really disappear? Yeah. You can take a, sna- a screenshot on your phone. And I th- Well, they had some privacy complaint that there was, like, a repository of all the photos. Oh, really? Yeah, there was, yeah. like, a thing back in the day. Back in the day. Back I, in can't rem- I can't prime. speak to it or speak right. about it, but just darn it. think about it. Yep. Um, so but it's fun. It is fun, and it's snappy. That's what, yeah. 
Uh, I can tell you that Bree and I use that primarily for our communications, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just send a pic saying, hey, what you doing later? <laughs> and she responds with another pic of what she's going to do. Exactly what I'm going to do later. Yeah. And even if it's not like a whole complete sentence, like in a text message or an email, I still get it because a lot of times the picture adds context to the message. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be out for a run and I'll be all sweaty. So I take a sweaty selfie, <laughs> trademark Josh Larson. And uh, so she's. She knows, oh, well, I'm out working out now. It'll be a couple hours before I'm ready to do anything else. So, because I have to get limbered up and stretched yeah. up and get home. And yeah, so that is uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. Brands, brands are starting are, to use Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, what brands do you follow that use Snapchat? I don't actually follow any brands except for the TV show Girls. Okay. So I haven't does, really brought. I just haven't gone through and added any of that yet, so mm-hmm. I guess I can't really speak to it. But I know that it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Girls is a TV show okay. on HBO, and they have a Snapchat account. And um, even in their off season, they sometimes just send out uh, snaps to their story. Okay, your story is separate from just the private message to various people. It's uh, something that everyone can see, public. Mm -hmm. And so girls, the TV show, they will put uh, little snaps, uh, messages out to their story. And a lot of times it's just quotes and little things to remember from the TV show and getting you excited now for the next season to come up. And um, that's kind of the first, I guess, brand, if you will, that I've noticed their usage of Snapchat. So do you think Lena Dunham's just taking pics and sending them everywhere? I think, yeah. I think she's just really on it these days. She's on it. She just did the uh, ice bucket challenge. She put it out on Instagram today. Oh, nice. So that's I have not done that yet. It's on my list, but... I think a coworker of mine follows Taco Bell on on Snapchat, and yeah. she gets constant updates of just tacos and all that stuff. So. Yeah, it can be a, a great way, I think, to send out a message. You know, like there's a sale or coupon or like come in for this deal today, and right. you have to really be paying attention to see it. And it's just that that quick form of messaging, and it's very visual. Right. And younger kids love visual things, mm-hmm. so it's it's neat. And I think when we talk about Snapchat versus like Facebook, if you're looking to get your message in front of a younger audience, um, Snapchat or Instagram is probably the way to go right now because I think Facebook is now starting to. It's losing popularity with the young youngins. Uh, at least that's what I've heard. I can't back mm-hmm. that up with anything. But um, Snapchat. When I mean, I was at that country music concert last weekend. Everyone was doing Snapchats like on the bus over. I was like, wow, it's ubiquitous. <laughs> and even people like us. I I considered myself to be out of the demographic before I started using it, and now. I use it all the time, so I thought that was really strange how I suddenly felt okay to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wrote a letter to a guy. 
Okay, and what's this guy's name? Steve Higgins. Okay. Um, is that the Steve Higgins from the the uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Yes, that is the same Steve Higgins. Okay. And I don't, I don't, I guess we should have talked about this, but I don't know if we should read the letter or not. No, I don't know. I think we should. We're not going to read the letter. We're not going to read it. You can't hear it. You can't hear it because we don't want to show Stop it. Stop asking Stop for it. us to read the letter. Okay, I'm about sick of this. Uh, but really, we... Well, uh, let's say if we do get what we want. Yes. It comes to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> and if we get what we want, we will read the letter. Okay. It's his anticipation my, at its highest. My only concern is that, that we'll give away like the secret of getting tickets to the, these programs. Um, and then all of a sudden people will start writing in letters. Do you think people will? People? Don't All abuse the power. Eight of our listeners don't abuse the power, okay? <laughs> hey, I'm thinking we'll have 10 or 12 this week. Yeah. It just depends on how fast we grow. Yeah. <laughs> Physically and in viewership. <laughs> yes. Listenership, if you will. Um, yeah, so we did that, and you should follow him on Twitter, Higbones. He seems like a cool guy. He's from Des Moines, Iowa, so that's the reason we yeah. even sent him a letter. Um, the reason for those of you who, are, who don't know us personally is that we would like to go visit um, SNL or The Tonight Show in New York City, New York, United States. Uh, and he is involved. He's a producer of SNL, and he is the announcer on The Jimmy Fallon Show. So be really cool. I'm just trying to use our local ties yep. for all we got. Because we ain't got none much else. Fruition. Fruition. I think it's time for another segment, don't you think? This one's called Falling. Did you get that? Let's do it again. Falling. I'm not doing it very well. It's okay. Falling, for those of you who were not able to follow along with our lyrical genius. Falling is a segment about talking about what we must look forward to this fall. Bree's taking a drink of water. Um, so, Bree, let me ask you, what are you falling for right now? It's the end of summer, as I should have done in the introduction if I were good at this. I would say, summer's almost over, and it's time to look forward to fall. Are you looking forward to cool temperatures and uh, decorations, or are you just hoping summer stays here for much longer? I'm looking forward to some leaves, some different colors of leaves, and I'm looking forward to wearing a coat. A coat that is soft and has a zipper. That's what I'm looking forward to in the fall. Thank you. <laughs> Was that your real answer? Uh, kind of. I just said it in a weird way <laughs> okay. to make everybody super uncomfortable. Okay. Excellent. Um, also looking forward to, um, I don't know. You had some good things the other day. Oh, what did I say? Um, well, I'm looking forward to going to the pumpkin patch. Oh, yes. Uh, we went last the year to patch. some pumpkin patch. What was it west of here? Like 30 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes, right? Sure. I don't remember what yeah, it's called. Something. Yeah. It was fun. And we looked at pumpkins and we got two pumpkins. And then we carved them. Yep. Do you remember what you carved? I carved uh, some cat. No, <laughs> what did I do? I carved a dog. That's okay. all I know. I, I car- it was like a pre, 
Yeah, it was like a pre. It was a template. Template, yeah. Yeah. Um, Some goblin or a, a yeah, man. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I think it might have been the headless horseman. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, a and man then without a head. Man without a head, always attractive. And then I'm also looking forward to um, going to Seattle Labor Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's technically still summer or not. Uh, don't know the year. Don't know how calendars I'm work. I'm only 25 Sorry. years old, so. Um, and then hopefully we'll just go to New York sometime this fall. It'll be a lot of fun. If you haven't already guessed, we would like to go to New York. And, and that, so, yep. And that is it. Okay. That has been falling. Okay. Well, I think uh, it's about time to do another little sponsorship break. So, uh, any last words before the break? No. This episode of Above the Fold Podcast is brought to you by the new Lorem Ipsum Expansion Pack. Here's another sneak peek, exclusive for our listeners. Charcoal Lagoon Mast Stink Poo. Narlast Seek Sing Loot. Polish the Chicken Art Cirque Alical. Larkle Nart Keep Steep Nert Blue. Tanto a sleal hip, 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 crazy cat. Get this expansion pack in February 2015. Welcome back to Above the Fold Podcast. I'm Bree. I'm Josh. Today's topic, how much does a website cost? Yes, so today... Get out your fake cigarettes and... Do a, do a jig, because we got the answers today on today. this episode, 007. Bree, have you ever wondered, how much does a website cost? I have, and then I've laughed till I've fallen asleep. <laughs> um, this is a question I think a lot of people have, because they are just so unsure of mm-hmm. how much these things on the internet cost. But the first thing is that... You shouldn't just ask an agency and get a number. Okay. What I do you mean? I don't think that that's going to be helpful for you as a business owner or whatever you are. So, because you need to talk to that agency or the company or the guy or the girl who's going to make the website for you and tell them what you want. And they need to understand what you want so that they can properly estimate that project. Okay. For you. Um, so a discussion needs to happen, mm-hmm. firstly. Well, coming to an agency, do you tell them what your budget is right away, or do you just you completely ignore? Okay. Do you, As someone working in the industry, do you like to know the budget? I do, yeah. Okay. Because, too, as someone on the agency side, um, if their budget is just way too teeny tiny, mm-hmm. and you know that you're not going to be able to make something for them because your costs are a little bit higher it may be a project that you refer to another agency you know may not be right may not be the right fit for the particular agency Um, but you can also say what's your budget and ask them if they're willing to kind of work with you on that um, how defined it is and um, if they are interested in kind of doing a phased approach to Mm -hmm. it so maybe phase one includes x y and z and phase two includes a b and c okay so all the phases you could really think of for web development projects could include 
um, starting from the way beginning, you do like a discovery phase. So you find out, the, the agency finds out from the client what, what do they want in a website, what are their goals, what do they want to achieve, mm-hmm. um, what do they want like hard and fast from this website to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there you can start learning about like creating user personas and um, really fleshing out the type of people that are going to be using the site and maybe even doing some current user tests on the current site to see what really need what the users really want right now. Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty in-depth first yeah. first phase approach. Right, and that's something that I think people with a little bit bigger budget are going to be expecting for their money. Mm-hmm. I think the average one maybe starts out with discovery and then kind of just jumps right into design and development. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, and um, I think one of the things that kind of gets bypassed in the beginning is how much time it's going to take to work on all your website content mm-hmm. from the copywriting perspective. And uh, if you are interested in getting a little bit of help kind of massaging your current copy or writing some new copy, I definitely think you should take the agency up on that because they are the experts on that and they can really help you, especially from the SEO standpoint. You just don't want to risk that these days, unfortunately. Right. um, So, yeah, the discovery can tell the agency exactly what you're looking for because... If perchance you don't need help with any of your website content, you have it all written and it has to be a certain way, whatever, then they don't need to put that in their estimate and the number can go way down. Mm -hmm. So it's important to bring those kinds of questions up in the very beginning. And maybe you're looking for some custom-built functionality and the agency's never going to know about that until they talk to you. Right. So these questions come up during that discovery. Right. It's very important to make the needs even from like if you're doing an rfp or you're seeking new someone to accomplish something for you make those uh needs known for if you have a member login system or you want to have a event system registration and um we want Mm -hmm. i don't know pretty much anything that seems above and beyond a simple five-page website with a contact form yeah and if you are looking for that, you know, you can expect it to not cost that much money. But uh, usually nowadays, a five-page website is not going to perform as well as maybe a 20- or 30-page website. Right. Your timeline can also affect the price of the site, or perhaps you need it done super quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, people may have to work overtime, and you're going to have to pay extra for them to do that. Right. So that's important to discuss, and when it has to go live, or if you can be flexible there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after kind of going through that whole discovery, I think that's when you can start figuring out how many hours it's going to take to do the project, and the number, the actual number that you present to the client can come out then. Mm-hmm. But you just have to be careful to not throw out numbers too soon, because I just think people focus so much on that number, right? And it really depends then they're like oh this agency they're going to charge this much and I just I'm not going to do that and they take your whole proposal and they present it to another agency and say can you do this for 10,000 less yeah, and then it's like sucks. oh right yeah um so here's a question for someone I guess working in an agency 
if you get that almost that detailed level of discovery where you're probably meeting with the client and going through all this stuff and like figuring all this out do you do this before the client even pays you any money that's a it's hard i think that's a really hard question um or situation right. at least because you up front yeah you have to put in some work to, to earn the business right but you can also work some of that time into your estimate to recoup the cost. Right. But you always run the risk of not yeah. recouping the you, cost. You always do, yeah. And so, I mean, I've been a part of that where I've come into meetings and I've spent, you know, five to ten hours just helping put together estimates and answering client questions. And they haven't signed off yet or mm-hmm. paid us a, a cent. So that's like ten hours times my hourly rate, which ends up being a lot of money, you know. Right. Lost, um, potentially. So I think it's always... I, but I, I would rather err on that side than like getting too much information up front versus having them sign off on a website and then end, them wanting something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then from the client perspective, I think, you know, being fair about it and all, I, I think it is good uh, for you and your business to go to multiple bidders multiple agencies Mm -hmm. on the project and to get multiple quotes um, unless you have a an agency you work with and you're exclusive with them but um, you know don't take just that first number you know if your business is really valued they may lower costs and it may be more competitive Mm -hmm. but certainly you want to make sure that you're kind of doing the same thing with each agency so if you have a really in-depth discussion with one, make sure you have that same kind of discussion with the next so that they fully understand the scope and can provide uh, a similar quote for you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about an article I saw. Um, I think it was from a company called Bearded, and they do web design development, maybe branding. Um, they're kind of pretty well-known within the the web industry um, I posted it on my LinkedIn um, let me pull it up quick so mainly the story behind this was um, this company had been working like three or four developers for um, uh, for a couple years and um, okay yeah the article is called oh it's on a list apart it's called being profitable so a list apart is kind of a a bible for modern web de- web design and development um, yeah and it's from Matt Griffin of Bearded and they talked about being profitable they'd gone for a few years um, they I mean going into it the owners and everything were very much like we don't want to charge clients for unnecessary work we don't want to be that um, cliche agency overcharging people but they were essentially living week by week on getting people paid for salary and health care and that all added up and they're trying to figure out how to be profitable because if they couldn't be profitable they set a timeline for themselves and if they weren't going to be profitable within x number of weeks then they would just shut the company down because it wasn't worth it at that point um, worrying about paying the bills and he determined that it was the answer was just to charge clients more so just raise your rate and um and i think 
I think this was part of the article, but I might have read this somewhere else too. Uh, but now I, I think it was from a different article, but I also read this is like people charge um, when you charge a, a client for a website, um, you set your hourly rate in front of them and you're offering essentially at that rate to give them your, you know, undivided attention when you're working on their product that you care about it. Um, so that's kind of like if the client comes to you and says, this is a really high price tag. Well, okay. Sorry. If the client, you, you see the initial price and it's a high price and you're, you're thinking to yourself as a client, wow, this is a really high price tag. But, um, as someone, as a developer, I guess myself, giving you that high price tag, I know I'm going to be working really hard to earn that money and I'm going to be listening to your feedback and trying to make, you know, working a little bit harder to make you happy and make your, you know, product better if that price tag works for you. But if the the potential client comes back and says, this is, this price isn't going to work, we're going to want 25% cheaper and you start like haggling about price, um, Think about like what the developer and what the designer are thinking at that point. They're like, okay, we're doing essentially the same job, but you wouldn't pay us as much. Um, we're gonna start like kind of shoving this off on the side list and not really quite putting our whole heart into it. Mm-hmm. So I think another article that I read was saying clients who haggle on prices just are generally not good clients. Right. Um, well, and you may or you may not know what their hourly rate is. Sometimes yeah. you know you don't know, but if you just can generalize saying, you know, maybe they charge $100 an hour. And if they if there's one developer that works on that and during the programming stage of the site, mm-hmm. works on that project for every hour of the day for a full 40-hour work week, then that's $4,000 right there. Just right. for that one week of time, right. saying that yes, you know, whoever is that guy or girl's boss, I'm this developer is going to be working on this every day for all hours of the day. Um, and if they say it's going to take a month to just do the programming, then you can start to understand why is this starting to cost so much money? Is because it takes so much time to do, and yeah. this is the hourly rate, and there's someone working on it every day, every hour for four weeks right yep so the cost i mean at the end i think at the end of the day if you the ideal client developer slash client agency relationship is not like cost is just kind of one of those details it's not like the main benefit or the Mm -hmm. main point of discussion you're spending time instead on on talking about features and goals and all that stuff and you cost just happens to be part of it and right. you aren't just like saying okay for this fifteen thousand dollar thing we're going to do x right you're just saying we want to do this and get it done mm-hmm. i think those tend to be the more successful projects and then you have to also think about ongoing costs after your website yeah that's another big launched. thing you want to talk a little bit about that and how you well um in my experience it's important to discuss those up front so it's not just such a huge uh, surprise ongoing, but uh, depending on what services your company, your agency offers, if they 
just do one-off projects and it's done or if they continue to work on the sites the maintenance plans and that yep. kind of stuff going forward but um i think you it, every ongoing cost can be kind of negotiated and figured out and so if you want to do like a, a monthly fee to pay for maintenance and you get so many hours a month and that equates to this price you can do that or you can just pay hourly for mm -hmm. little fixes that you need and if you're trained to update the site yourself in the content management system going forward then you're in luck there because you probably don't have to pay as much then for ongoing little content maintenance so i kind of view it as you separate maintenance and then support costs are separate so you separate those no, oh, you make those separate. <laughs> um, because support can be uh, security patches and upgrades to the CMS itself, and it may not be something that needs to be done every month. Right. Uh, or however it needs to be done, but uh, you should separate those out mm -hmm. if possible. Right. I think from a client's perspective, well, not that I'm a client, but I'm hoping that they start to see website projects as being ongoing rather than one-off because um, websites inherently are just, they're always living, you know. They're always mm -hmm. interacting and working. They're not like a piece of paper which gets put in the trash after a week, you know. Um, they're living and breathing. The technology that serves them is always changing. The technology that's built them is changing. And... Um, in order to, I mean, like you mentioned, security updates, that's really important that those happen. Maintenance releases have to be applied to yeah. the sites. And just like any anything you buy, you have to maintain it. Mm -hmm. Any piece of hardware or an appliance or anything, you have to put money in it to make it continue to function well. Right. So just look at it like that. Yeah. And, and think about, like, if you're a company who has hired an agency to build you a website, um, you also have to account for them updating it and maintaining it and essentially treating them as, as if they're partners in your company um, going forward. Because mm -hmm. if you think about if you had hired someone in your staff and had them on site building a, a website, you wouldn't expect them to just be done working after the site launches. You would expect them to keep updating it, keep improving it. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't think you should think of a, an agency any differently. Mm -hmm. Another ongoing cost you might have is hosting. Yep. You have to pay for hosting every month, and so that, that cost can vary across the board depending on what quality of hosting you want. Yep. So expect that. Any other costs you can think of? Um, no, I mean, there there's other just kind of incidental costs there's I mean if you want hosting that's SSL secured which is a really good idea these days uh, that's a little bit more if you want I mean ability to make like we said make websites do things out of the ordinary like e-commerce or member logins those cost more um, and sometimes you end up paying extra for a little service or certificate or something or third-party application just to make those things work. Um, just pre be prepared to just encounter those and not be too surprised. Mm -hmm. So long story short, it it varies. It really yep. it very, it varies very much. Very, very, very much it varies. Um, but there is, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. 
So each project needs its own little bundle yep. of monies. Yep. So websites cost money, and you can take that to the bank. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I just hit my elbow on a windowsill. Getting I'm crazy Josh. in here. <laughs> All right, well, that's been episode 007. 007, the Mission Impossible episode. <laughs> And make it a great day, and um, stay above the fold, okay? Stay above the fold, yours in Christ. Set myself up for a loss. (laughs)